0: This episode of Women on the Rise is sponsored by The Riveter, a workspace designed for women and their advocates. Stay tuned to the end for more information about how you can join The Riveter's movement and ambition.
1: I don't have a lot of time on this planet and I want to do the best I can. And it feels like such a wasted day to have a hangover or have eaten too
0: much sugar and just feel bad. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm your host, Laura Dolch, and each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover a new insight or practical strategy that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. Today, my guest is Laura Sullivan. After beginning her career in social work, Laura and her cute husband, Tim, made a complete life pivot in 2015, To launch Sullivan and Sullivan Photography, a wedding and small business branding studio based in Seattle and Chicago. They also happen to be what I like to call my photographers for life. They are amazing to work with and truly talented artists. They're also the co-founders of Movable Feast Retreats, intimate international adventures focusing on food, well-being, and whatever the good life looks like in any given country. When they aren't hopping on flights to projects or exploring new countries, they're at home in West Seattle, cuddling their rescue pup and kitten and watching The Bachelor. Well, maybe not Tim so much. Laura has never said no to a donut. We talked about so many juicy things in our interview entrepreneurship and the challenges of drawing boundaries with time, energy, and relationships when there's so much pressure to be productive every minute of the day, the power of saying no and a nearly foolproof way to decide when to say it in business or in life. We discussed the superwoman complex and how women are often socialized out of listening to their bodies, the challenges of being a people pleaser and how Laura is learning to honor her needs first while also remaining a kind and generous person. Why a beautiful coffee mug counts as self-care and the specific beautiful mug that Laura loves. And finally, Laura's personal North Star and how it drives her to make health-supportive choices, even when it would be easier to have another glass of wine or two. Enjoy the interview. Laura Sullivan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Laura. You're the best.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I, I really, like I'm not kidding when I say that you and Tim are like two of the coolest people I know in Seattle and I'm I'm really thrilled. And, and also a lot of your work really dovetails, um, especially your your work around movable feasts and stuff, does, dovetails with the wellness piece of things. So I really want to talk a lot about that. But mostly I just think you're a cool lady and... Ah. Yeah. That's who I like to talk to on the podcast. Thanks. I'm (laughs) so, so But yeah, actually, why don't we start a little bit with, um, you know, I mentioned in the intro some of the things that you're into, but why don't you talk a little bit, just sort of paint the picture of your life and your business and kind of what that looks like (laughs) on a um, day-to-day basis and we'll start there.
1: Okay. Uh, A day-to-day basis is a tough question, as I'm sure most (laughs) entrepreneurs can relate to. Uh, So our main gig is being full-time photographers. Sullivan and Sullivan is our bread and butter right now. So we do uh, probably 75% weddings and 25% uh, branding for small businesses and doing commercial projects. And then the side gig that we have started in the last two and a half years is movable feast retreats, which was kind of born out of just traveling a lot for our honeymoon and realizing that there are so many different layers to exploring a new place and they're not all money related. So I can get more into that if you like more details. but we wanted to kind of create a travel experience that was really beautiful and special and something that you couldn't get anywhere else that wouldn't, uh, We all, I feel like I always look in the back of National Geographic and they have these like $20,000 tours and I was like, I want to create something that's a feast for the senses, um, hence movable feasts that wouldn't break the bank. So that's the side gig. Um, on a day to day basis, there's, it's just, it's just work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to go into much more detail than that, but i to balance all of these things at once. Um, and still keep our sanity is kind of an interesting experiment right now.
0: Yeah. Tell me more about that. What are you struggling with as far as, you know, keeping all the balls in the air?
1: I think we've, we've had a really good stride. We have the last year, last year we shot 40 weddings and we were on a plane just as much as on the ground. And, um, I think we kind of, at the end of the year, we took a month off to just assess how we were doing. We were lucky enough to go to Europe and just travel and review the businesses and see how we were doing and have been a little bit more strict on saying no to projects that don't light us up and saying no to things that we just don't I heard a phrase once that somebody said, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And so I've been trying to abide by that of just choosing projects that light us up. And so our schedule cleared up a little bit in terms of photography this year, just doing bigger projects that we're excited about, um, which makes a workday a lot easier.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and just getting clear on those priorities. Now I've heard that that saying before too, that if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I think that's, I always think that's a great way to to make decisions because your your body tells you, right? Your gut tells yes. you. For yeah.
1: Sure. I heard someone else, I was reading something and they were saying, if you don't want to do the plan that you're making today, then don't make the plan where I was getting into the trap and being like, oh yeah, of course I'll get coffee with you in six months. <laughs> Thinking, months will never get here, like, <laughs> and then realizing, like, no, your time is valuable. You need to be, you need to be kind of, uh, not a miser with it, but you need to be aware that your time is valuable. So that's something I've been working on a lot this year, to great effect, honestly.
0: Tell me what's changed, like, as you've focused on that and gotten more clear on that. What what has changed in the way that you feel day to day, and the way that you're able to kind of show up in your business?
1: I, you know, as I was thinking about what i wanted to talk about with you today one of the things that kept coming up for me was the idea of guilt which i think a lot of my friends and a lot of women i know kind of struggle with and i was i think that my biggest growth in the last year has been battling and and tamping down that idea of feeling guilty for saying no so Uh, it's made me value my time so much more to realize that like the busier you get, the more you realize, gosh, five or six days of a week is so short. Um, When you and I did that time tracking thing, Laura, last summer, I was like, Oh my gosh, these half hour increments that we're tracking just go so fast and you have to really value what they, what they are. And so I was getting stuck in all these meetings for people who wanted to pick my brain or whatever the phrase is. And I'm, and unless, so now, unless there's like a specific, I hate to sound, like I'm like really stringent with who I meet with. But unless there's a specific purpose to a meeting, I won't take it unless I know from the outset what the point of a call is. I won't take it Um, because I think there's a lot of people and energy out there that will, especially as you're building a business and starting to gain footing, will suck your time. And then all of a sudden your month is gone or your year is gone. And I'm really setting aside and being selfish and battling that guilt to build your business and be, Stringent with your time has been huge for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, even I don't know if you noticed, but when you started to share those parameters with me, even the guilt even came up because you started to like, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a bad person, but yeah, yeah I totally. mean, it's I'm still bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I totally get it. And I, i um, it is challenging. I think it's challenging for everyone. I, you know, our time is valuable. And it's, uh, and as you said, I mean, especially if you're building a business, like it's, you are. Your business, to a large extent, Mm -hmm. it runs because of you. So the energy management is really, really important. Which actually, you know, makes me wonder how you define or how you define well-being at this point in your life.
1: That's such a good question because it's so simple. (laughs) How often do you really think about it? Yet not. (laughs) Right, but it's not simple. It's uh, it's complex, and I also think it's ever changing. So what I say today may not be the case in a week or in a year. But I was thinking about this question. And I think for me, it's a sense, well, being holistically well means that no one area of my life is taking over all of the others, at least for too long. Like, of course, there are phases when you have to do a 16 hour day for a big lunch or um, when you might be exercising more for certain reasons. But I don't want to let any one area take over the others. The biggest being staying healthy in relationships, um, because I am... A people pleaser and I stay up at night if there's something askew in a relationship or in a business relationship. I just I don't respond well to that. So for me right now, well-being means I am being firm in what I need and what I am standing for. But I'm also continuing to be as kind and generous and having a servant's heart with my businesses is so important to me. And having relational well-being
0: is huge for me. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that that often gets missed in the conversation about wellness. You know, everyone focuses on food and exercise, and that stuff is important, but it's it's not the only thing, and in in many cases, it's not even the most important thing. You know, the relationship piece of it. Absolutely, I love that. Was there? What is your sort of? (laughs) This is going to sound like this is such a strangely framed question, but as far as your relationship with self care throughout your life, was there a, a turning point at any at any point that sort of highlighted the importance of self-care to you?
1: Yes. I hope that this is not TMI, (laughs) (laughs) but I have had a crazy year with health. And a year ago, well, a year ago, I found a lump in my breast and I was cycled through. Anybody who's had cancer or had a cancer scare kind of understands this cycle where you find a problem and then the doctor Shuttled you through biopsies and tests, and you kind of feel like you're just this like test tube and you don't know what's going on. And I ended up having a lumpectomy last spring. It was benign, everything was fine. And then this January, one year later, I had an abnormal path. So the precancerous cells on my cervix have become kind of like these little arbiters of how I'm doing with self-care because I uh, decided, Tim and I kind of had a conversation about my experience with with Western medicine was after the lumpectomy. And I am never going to be the person who's like, if you have cancer, you should just drink carrot juice (laughs) (laughs) and you'll be fine. (laughs) But I kind of thought, gosh, Western medicine is recommending this treatment for me that will basically ruin my fertility and really damage me on the inside. And so I sought a second opinion, which I have basically never in my life done. And it's really, so I'm seeing a natural path for treatment and it's everything's going great. And I feel healthier than I've ever felt. And I feel just um, more empowered that I sought a second opinion and I went off path for what people were telling me to do. So The treatment is including everything from like quitting drinking, quitting sugar, all of these pills and medicines and like tinctures. And I just feel a million times better. And having the outcome be so good for this, I've just kind of realized like, oh my gosh, my body, I hate to admit that I'm mortal. But being in my 30s now, it's like, wow, it's really happening that I have a human body and I have to take care of it. So, yeah, so that's been, I mean, it's been a huge year for me just in terms of um, realizing that it's my body and I can control what goes into it and how it's being treated and um, even just changing my whole schedule around to make sure I'm getting sleep. And it's been kind of an amazing, enlightening year
0: for me. I'm sure it it sounds like it's been pretty intense. And I'm actually curious what it was like for you to, you know, it sounds like you had this, this. Place where you had to decide: Am I going to do what you know external people and and systems are telling me to do, or am I going to do what my body is telling me to do? Can you mm-hmm. talk more about that realization and what it was like to make the choice to go with what felt right for you?
1: Yeah. Well, again, I am not a medical <laughs> professional at all, so I don't want to say. But there, there's one right way for everyone. But I re- I've been realizing too that the choices that are right for me do not involve fear. And I've been really trying to listen to my body and what that fear looks like because every time I would go in to the hospital and get all these tests done, I just felt scared and powerless and kind of realized that that is not a place that I want to be in emotionally if I'm seeking holistic treatment anyway. As soon as I started seeing my natural path, I didn't, I felt held and I didn't feel fear. And I just felt like I had more awareness of what was going on. And so kind of being aware of how my emotional state is affecting my body has been huge for me too. Does mm-hmm. that answer your question?
0: Yeah, one? absolutely. I think the reason I asked is because I think that, you know, one of the things that I work with women on is very much about help teaching them how to tune back into their bodies. And so I love, mm. because most of us were either never taught that or mm. yeah, have forgotten how to do it. Right. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, for me, it came when I became a Pilates instructor and got really into Pilates, just because I think any, any sort of discipline like that, you know, you just get more in tune with what's going on with your body, but that—that's why I asked because I love—I I love for other people to hear those stories and 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 realize that that it's possible and that it's an important way to find the path that suits you at this point in your life, and that yeah, to your point earlier, it might change.
1: Right, right, yeah, it is amazing how much our bodies are telling us that we are kind of culturally trained out of paying attention to or subverting to people please or. Mm -hmm. not rock the boat. I think especially women, it's, we don't listen, (laughs) we don't listen to our bodies. And so kind of coming into that has been huge.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's that whole superwoman thing, right? I mean, it's, we try to push through, we think, oh, I can handle it. It's totally cool. Like I got this. And -hmm. you know, maybe you do, but (laughs) there's a point at which your body's like, um, no, (laughs) we actually, we don't got this, you know, I need you to listen.
1: Totally. You're making me, so every time I, I have treatment twice a week right now, and I would try to come, I would try to go to treatment and come home and then just like plunge right into a really intense work day and just be so exhausted. And Tim was like, you can just take a nap. Like your body's telling you if you want to just take a nap, the work will still be there. Um, and again, with the guilt, I'm like, I can't just take an afternoon off, but I can. It's okay. Like the yeah. world's not going to fall apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm sorry that it took something a little fairly extreme to kind of help you get to that place, but I'm, I'm glad that you found it.
1: Sometimes that's the way. <laughs> yes, that is true. You're like, listen.
0: That's right. That's right. What's your, so thinking back to that sort of day-to-day stuff, what is your biggest struggle when it comes to prioritizing the things that you now know make you feel well?
1: I think... Well, I think that there's a mentality in our culture, especially in the entrepreneurial culture, that every minute of the day is so valuable and needs to be used to produce something. And this kind of goes back to the, I can't take a nap thing of like, well, what, what is the value of being an entrepreneur if you're not using that to create a life that works for you? And I think when we first started, I was, I was operating from such a place of fear. And Tim and I were talking about this recently where he's like, I feel like you've really shifted from hustling your ass off out of fear to hustling it because you're just so excited about what you're creating and you feel so strongly about it. But kind of treating the minutes of my day as a holistic thing as opposed to just like, oh, I could be working on this or that has been great So the moments where I'm like, I'm just going to take a half an hour and do yoga or make a green smoothie instead of eating more peanut butter pretzels from Trader Joe's like my (laughs) default is um or say taking the time to say no to something I don't want to do like we were talking about um Mm -hmm. that's when the really good work happens internally for me walking the dog in the middle of the day to clear my mind or if I'm stuck on an idea just stepping away from the computer and not trying to like force my way through it and just letting it land on me a little bit more naturally I think I've realized that with uh, the day-to-day it's like everyone else in the world just sees like the sexy parts of your business and all the successes and no one else gets to see that you're just like at your desk by yourself at your house kind of
0: totally
1: (laughs) your head against the computer (laughs) like why Why did I choose this life I don't know and then um just I even that trip to Europe it was like we just want if we're going to be working so many hours and just I mean sometimes I do think gosh it'd be so nice just to phone it in for a week and get a paycheck at the end of the week anyway, like everyone else gets to do. And then five minutes later, I'm like, get over yourself. But my bigger point here is just using the fact that we're entrepreneurs to build a holistic life that works for us. And sometimes that means working at 9pm because we saw a movie at 1pm or traveling for a month because you've been working nonstop for eight months, whatever it is, just having that balance be there.
0: Right. Well, and it sounds like ultimately the struggle that you're that you're working through in those cases. And tell me if I'm wrong here, but is the, it still goes back to that guilt, right? That guilt of well, I should be doing this, or this is the way it should look, right? This is the way, like you're supposed to work from nine to five, and you're supposed to, sit, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fine. And yeah. then like, there many people, that's fine, but for you, that's not the choice that you have made. And yet, that that tape maybe runs in yeah. the back of head.
1: Totally. I don't know. Do you experience that where it's like oh you're yes. about the nine to five and it's this is what we're all raised with of so you work 40 hours a week and you get a paycheck and then the weekend is a weekend. Um, yeah. And just having that not be the case at all is a funny script to break in your head. Like I've had to do a lot of reading on labor history because I'm like, why do I have this eight hour day and like consistent paycheck and thing in my head? It's
0: anyway. Yeah, no, I struggle with it too because I worked in the corporate world for so long, and and it's you know I, I it's only been fairly recently that I don't have guilt anymore about you know like stepping out in the middle of the day and going for a run or something like that, and um, because I understand that it's part of that it is part of my work. It's part of my it's it's part of what allows me to do my work and be productive exactly. and be present. Right. And I think that goes for anyone. I mean, I feel like, you know, yes, you and I have a bit more flexibility because we have our own businesses. And I also think, you know, many of my clients work in, in corporate jobs and even they are able to, when they are, when they make the choice and the decision to claim some of the time in their day, it's really not as disruptive as they, as they imagine it. be. Great, um,
1: great, important point. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we all feel like um, little female atlases with the world on our shoulders and (laughs) the world will not collapse if you say no to something or if you leave (laughs) the the day or whatever it is.
0: Hey there, it's Laura here. Want to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about something. Maybe you're listening to this podcast, hearing me talk to all of these amazing women about how they fit self-care into their busy lives and how they sort out what works best for them. And maybe you're wondering how you could sort out what makes you feel confident, put together and vibrant, and then actually make time to do it. It can be a challenge to know A, what works and B, how to consistently do the things that will allow you to wake up every day with the power to take on your goals. And that's why I'm here to help you do that with a lot less time and effort than you might think. I work individually with women who need to prioritize feeling good so they can get the more out of life that they want. I help them overcome their personal obstacles to eating better, exercising more, and managing stress. Then we create a full and personalized plan. I call it the Vibrant Health Playbook for working towards a big personal goal. Together, we form new habits that transform daily life from a grind to an intentional path to a brand new you. So that you can have the vibrant, inspired, and powerful life you're looking for. If you're ready to make your vibrant health a priority, I invite you to schedule a no commitment discovery call with me to explore working together. Visit laradolchcom slash discovery to find a time that works for you. That's laradolchcom slash discovery. I'll talk to you soon. I'm curious if there's something that you do that feels like self-care to you, but that maybe wouldn't show up in a book about wellness or self-care.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, I think, well, I think that Our lives are made up of a lot of very tiny, beautiful moments, and we have to be present enough to notice them. And I've been just noticing this a ton lately with... We moved into a house for the first time um, after a long time of being on the road, and we were very intentional with every single item we brought into the house. So in the morning, when I make my coffee, it's with a Chemex that I love touching, and I put my coffee into a mug that I love touching but has a good memory attached to it and i think that absorbing really good design for me feels so nourishing like if i'm on instagram instead of just like spiraling down the i'm not doing good enough thing i'll just like go onto an architect's page that i just love and just kind of getting a little blip of like a beautiful life our little um hasami porcelain mugs that i just love touching and having coffee out of just those little portals into thinking bigger beautiful more beautiful thoughts it's very i think it's very trendy right now to be minimalistic and i think in a lot of ways we are but more important than that is just really loving everything that you surround yourself with and i to me that's been huge because like we have linen sheets on our bed and every time i get into bed i'm like oh Yes. (laughs) The greatest moment. Um, And then getting up and putting aside our curtains that are beautiful fabric. It sounds I feel like it kind of sounds snobby when I say it because I'm like, oh, we only have beautiful things, but they're not necessarily expensive. It's just things that I really get a lot of joy out of touching and handling or looking at. And that to me feels like such consistent day-to-day self-care as opposed to being surrounded by stuff that doesn't speak to you. Um, Stuff that kind of inspires you to live a little bit more beautifully. It's For
0: me, I love that. I love that, and I couldn't agree more. It's so important. I mean, especially home environment. Yeah, I. It's and and just to your point, like noticing. And I love that you brought up coffee mugs because I was just yesterday (laughs) having a conversation with someone else who shares our our. Um, perspective on coffee mugs they're important like the way they (laughs) feel and their how heavy they are and their shape the shape and you know yeah oh my gosh thank you for agreeing (laughs) yeah our friend so hasami porcelain is my big recommendation for anyone that trying to shop for new mugs. that i'll put it in the show notes but
1: h-a-s-a-m-i they're Mm -hmm. like they're kind of rough but not too rough and they're warm and when they touch your lip it's like not too smooth when the coffee it's like, I don't know, like the whole thing about it. And our friend Tyson was describing it and he's like, the handle is a right angle, but not a self-conscious right angle. (laughs) It's just like this this beautiful piece of design that everyone loves. And once you start using it, you just kind of, it just is a good reminder to be attentive to your small
0: details of your day. Oh, I love that. I'm so looking those up. I cannot wait. And I love the right angle, but not a self-conscious right angle. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Bug is really thinking about how to live life <laughs> <It's best> life. <laughs> oh, so good! That's awesome. That might have to be the quote from this episode. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's <laughs> that's fine. awesome. But yeah, I love that. I love that as a as something that that's self care that wouldn't necessarily be you know people wouldn't necessarily think about that because I do think that those are the things those are the day to day experiences that we discount and they have such a dramatic effect on our sense of well being for sure. So. Now I want to ask you some. I'm, I'm playing around with some like sort of fun, different kind of fun questions this season. And I'm, I, okay. uh, my first, my first question is, what's on your? Well, I'm going to say Spotify because that's what I use. But what's on your Spotify playlist or whatever playlist when you want to feel energized?
1: Oh, okay. So I just discovered. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce this person's name. I'm going to sound so uncool. But it's spelled it's spelled H A U X. So part of. Your- is it? Is it? Oh, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's a very good came, question. <laughs> he came onto my uh, recommended, and I was in the shower, and I was like just jamming out, like <laughs> in the shower. So, um, I really like stuff that's ambient with a good beat because I think I also make playlists for our couples when we're shooting because I want them to feel super sexy. Yeah. Um, but also mellow and in the zone. And so, um, James Blake is a big one. And James Vincent McMorrow, uh, Toki Monster is another one that I've gotten really into. Of all things I have
0: not heard of. I'm going to have to look okay. them all up.
1: <laughs> then do the song links. But um, yeah, I just want people to feel like they're vibing and, and cool. And so then I listen to that stuff when I work too, because I'm making new playlists for them.
0: I love that. I didn't even think about that when I put this question down for you, that you actually are uniquely qualified to answer it because of the,
1: because of the photography sheet. I, I don't know about that. Well, Tim makes a lot of yoga playlists still too. And so I kind of swipe some stuff from him. What's on those? Mm, you'd have to ask him. I don't know. I just kind of feel the just ones listen. that like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> But more the calming side of things. Awesome. Very cool. What about, what are three things that you can't live without when it comes to self-care? It could be a product, a habit, a mindset, a place, a person, an app, any of those things?
1: Okay. I love this question because it really made me think about it, about what has been valuable to me. And the first one, this is going to be so cheesy, but it's Tim. He is like my mental health guru. And I just recommend that people not get into a relationship unless the person's going to balance them out. It's like so valuable to me. I swear he was born with a hundred-year-old soul, and he doesn't buy into the hype or the things that I get worked up about. Um, I think that no matter what industry we would be in, he'd be like, "Fine, like let's not be trendy. Let's just like provide really loving, solid service to people and not worry about anything else." And so, I feel like my self-care when I'm like, "Wow, I've had, I've had too much caffeine and I'm panicking," then he's just a great, even keeled sounding board for me. So again, with the relationship thing, relationships are so important because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who haven't made it with their person because they just, it's you have all of these things brought to the surface really fast, (laughs) especially if you're working together. So uh, my husband's the first one. And then the second one that I've established in the last year is really pretty stringent sleep hygiene. Before I met him, I would stay up until like four in the morning and just feel like shit the next day. And... Like, I'm just a night owl. I'm a creative soul. Like, I don't need to sleep. Like a freaking loser. Um, but Tim's a morning person. So we've had to meet halfway with our sleeping. And when we moved into this house, we were like, let's get down the brass tacks. We're, we painted our bedroom. Benjamin wore wrought iron. It's the best paint color in the whole world. Like, highly recommend for bedrooms because I walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in my like safe caveman cave. It just feels so good. <laughs> We bought a Casper mattress and we invested in really, really good sheets. And so that plus a little hit of weed before I go to sleep. <laughs> and I like, oh, and also we don't allow screens in our bedroom. No screens whatsoever. And I swear I'm like a different person. It's, and mm. the next day, I'm not like always trying to get on top of the fact that I was up until four in the morning. I can get up and I can work out right away as opposed to before where I would like never work out in the morning. Not that I do every day, but that's great. Just changed the game for
0: me. Well, perhaps I should let our listeners know that um, that pot is actually legal in the state in which we live. So, oh
1: yeah, it's legal. (laughs) I'm not breaking any laws, and but I really do have really bad insomnia, and just having a a little hit of Mm -hmm. because I don't want to take a pill. Like I don't want to be groggy the next day, and that's great that you figured
0: out what the pieces are for that because sleep is so important so important and it's yeah I
1: used to be like I need nine and a half hours of sleep which is I found out not true I just need quality sleep mm-hmm. which I've never gotten in my whole life and then I wish that I could show you but this is sound only but Tim and I have this little thing where we go we hold our hands together in like a little like offering symbol and we do it to remind ourselves that the universe is cradling us because every time we get um, fearful about something or scared that we took too big of a risk and it's going to fall through then literally that night or the next morning like an email will come through or a bill will get paid or something will happen where the universe is like don't worry i got your back and so we just do this little hand symbol to remind ourselves that we've got a good symbiosis going with the universe and as long as we're being honest and loving and hardworking um, then we will get that paid back to us. And so that last little hand symbol, we have like, there's a little shop in Seattle that has little mini, I couldn't believe it when I found it. Like they're like little mini clay sculptures of two hands being cupped together. Perfect size for like a little votive candle. And so it's just always out in our house of like, you're going to be fine
0: interesting. Oh, so great. Yeah. I would love if you, if you remember where that store is. Cause I, I, it's funny that you brought that up today. Cause that's something that I've been working a lot with too. Just that mindset of you're good. It's all good. And reminding you yourself.
1: see it right this second. Like, that's it's, right. Really good. it's called, um it's called Butter Home. It's in oh, sure. you know, Melrose Market.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I definitely. I don't I know, know who place.
1: the, I don't know who the sculptor is because I know they do a lot of, you know, separate artists, but yeah, (laughs) our favorite little thing in
0: the house. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. That was, that's, that's, those are solid, like three things. I love it. What motivates you to keep making healthy choices, even on the days when it feels like a pain in the ass?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I definitely still eat Flamin' Hot Cheetos because (laughs) I think life should still be fun. Um, and who wants to just eat kale all day? Um, but honestly, it's how I feel. It's, like in my twenties, I could just eat whatever and drink whatever and just be fine. And now it's like, even last night, I'm not supposed to be drinking, but I had two glasses of wine and I'm just like, Oh, I'm just slow. And I don't. And I think that I heard someone say, I keep like quoting these nebulous people. I'm like, I don't have any attribution. for <laughs> Um, somebody said, Oh, Rami safety. I think we've talked uh, about he's like our business mentor. Yeah. Um, you have to have a more solid North star than the day-to-day. How do you Mm -hmm. find energy? Your North star has to be bigger than the day-to-day. And so to me, I just feel so driven by what we're creating and and helping people and loving on people and actually being able to make it on our own. It's still kind of mind-blowing to me. So to me, like having the day-to-day energy and strength and just feeling right in my body because I want to create all this shit and I don't have a lot of time on this planet and I wanna do the best I can. And it feels like such a wasted day to have a hangover or have eaten too much sugar and just feel bad. Like that's wasted energy. And I was gifted a body and a purpose. And I wanna and so I just feel like my North Star being really strong is the inspo that I want to keep going.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's so that's so perfect. And it, it's actually such a beautiful place to to end. But I wanna ask you before we before we finish up where people can learn more about you about your businesses. Um, yeah. Where can they find you?
1: Well, our photography website is Sullivan and Sullivan dot photography. It's a mouthful. Um, and then the retreat business is movable feast after the Hemingway book. If you've ever read movable Feast, it's named after that. So movable feast is the retreat and that's where we are.
0: Yeah. And I'll put both those in the show notes. And I, one of these days, will make it to one of your movable retreats. The I'm one that you're doing up. next, I actually have a speaking engagement in Portland the same weekend. And I'm like, no, no. Like, literally. Yeah. I was on your
1: website and I was like, Ugh. it'll all happen with the right time. That's I, right. We're held. Don't worry.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> right. Thank, be good. That's right. Thank you so much, Laura. This was so great. I, I really Thank appreciate you for your, having me. your story and your wisdom. And I know it will will land with a lot of, a lot of people. Thanks for caring, Laura. It's so good to chat with you. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. Visit laradolchcom slash podcast for show notes and resources mentioned in this episode. You can download other episodes of this podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps me out. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. Tune in every week for new interviews that give you the practical tools you need to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. The Riveter is a women-forward workspace designed for community, work, and wellness. Not just a desk and a co-working space, The Riveter is a transformative movement for all women and their advocates to invite ambition. The Riveter provides the support, resources, and amenities to build successful businesses. Their members are entrepreneurs, remote workers, consultants, and everyone in between. They even have a community membership plan that provides access to professional development and fitness programming without the desk. The Riveter now has two locations in Seattle's Capitol Hill and Free neighborhoods. And the third location will open this year in LA. If you're interested, visit info.theriveter.co, that's C-O, slash women on the rise for a special offer for women on the rise listeners. That's info.theriveter.co slash women on the rise.